back here at WSUM 91.7 FM here in Madison, Beyond the Badgers, taking over here. Dan, what's up? What Tell up, the man? folks what we got going on today. What up, what up? Uh, welcome in. It is September 25th. That is a Tuesday. Absolute gross day out right now in Madison. Uh, Patrick and I uh, got pretty pretty soaked on the way over here but we're yeah, happy to be here out there. yeah well yeah it was bad it was bad but uh nonetheless we're here got a huge show patrick huge show we're really excited it about it um excited. patrick why don't patty also known as patrick why don't you tell the people and the folks who we got coming on today and joining us coming on live over the phone will be espn play-by-play commentator sean mcdonough not a big deal. Not a big deal. Well known for his commentating currently with ESPN of college football, college basketball, but very extensive resume for Mr. McDonough. He has done college football, basketball, Monday night football, he was US the, Open, uh, Olympics, NHL, NBA, the list goes on. He's a big uh, baseball guy, too. Big, big baseball guy. guy. Some, um, some unreal calls. Oh, we're going to get to We're going to ask, uh, ask him all of his uh, favorite calls. Um, and he's had some memorable ones. So some very um, memorable ones. Obviously, we'll have your full rundown of NFL. We'll give you our picks of the week. Um, I got a couple good ones. Patrick's still. Uh, I'm guessing his are going to be bad. And uh, spoiler alert: all is right with the world as I defeated Patty and took the lead in the NFL picks. It was a tough week last week so, for myself. Big week for Dan. But more just a just a very poor week for myself. No, it was a good week by me. You you were you were was, average. Was, You're just normal tough, Patty. Tough week for me. Oh, it's, okay, buddy. I was easy. That was a good week for me. Easy. Um, but yeah, obviously NFL. Uh, last week of the Major League Baseball season. Next, by the time you hear us next week, we'll get into our full picks for uh, the MLB playoffs. Always uh, fun to talk about that and watch Absolutely. the playoffs. NHL is going to be starting up in the next week or so here. and yep. last, last week of preseason games, first day of the NHL season, October 3rd. Wow. Defending Stanley Cup Are champions. Are you excited for that? Oh, psyched. Defending Stanley Cup cha- champions, Washington Capitals, look to continue their road to repeat. It all starts October 3rd. We shall see. Um, and we'll have a full preview for you guys um, for the NHL season, hopefully next week, if not the week after. But before we dive in and before we get to our interview, um, I just want to rant for a little bit, Patrick, because Go. the it was a tough week for Minnesota sports. You know I'm a Minnesota guy. Um, I'm a Minnesota guy through and through, born in Minnesota, raised in Minnesota, and it was ugly. It was real ugly. First of all, we get news that the all-star Jimmy Butler wants out of uh, Minnesota, and that hurt because we traded for him. We gave up three great players, and now he wants out, and we suck again. So that stinks. Timberwolves stink again. So I look forward to a trade with him. And then my Vikings, I cannot believe terrible. We terrible lost Sunday. two. I'm saying we like I'm on the team. I cannot believe that the Minnesota Vikings lost. As 16-point favorites to the Buffalo Bills at home on Sunday. It is embarrassing. I'm a Minnesota sports fan currently. I'm in, I'm in shambles, man. I'm Josh in shambles. Allen put on an absolute clinic on Sunday. He did. I mean, he's running for touchdowns. He's passing for touchdowns. It's ugly, man. Um, it's a tough start. It is be a Minnesota sports fan, as it always is. The Twins stink. Wild are starting up. But uh, Vikes, we had high hopes, Super Bowl. We'll see. It's early. It's real early, but not a great uh, game on Sunday. And then on my Minnesota Timberwolves, I don't even know who to root for because I don't want to root for the Warriors. I don't want to root for any of those guys. I want to root for the Lakers, and I'm a bum guy out there. So Jimmy Butler, also known as Jimmy Buckets. Jimmy's. It's tough. It's tough well, to watch. So, But calling in now, I'm McDonough. We will get him on the air. Hello. You got to answer it. It's on, dog. We're having technical difficulties. We are having some technical difficulties here. What's tough? Maybe he's calling in the wrong number. 
This is very unfortunate. We're going to have to cut it. Let's cut it. Yeah. We're going to try not to cut it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyway, the other big story in sports before we get uh, Mr. McDonough-Patrick's over here. Um, Tiger Woods, my man, won the championship in golf this weekend. Outstanding tournament. Ended up winning by one stroke over uh, Billy Horschel. Unfortunately, he did not win uh, the FedEx Cup, which is the best golfer over the entire uh, season. But um, if you think about where he was, where he has been, and where he is now, just a remarkable, remarkable story. Um, four or five back surgeries. Uh, I think a year a year ago he was just um, cleared to chip, just chipping. And uh, he he never thought he would get to the same level, let alone even play golf again. Um, just a tremendous story. I know a lot of people that are uh, my age or Tiger fans. They can uh, they can say that what we witnessed on Sunday was something uh, special, especially um, considering Tiger <laughs> got his first uh, and his 80th uh, ch- uh, championship in golf. Um, since 2013, his first since 2013. So uh, now two behind Sam Snead for 82 um, in all time, and he's still four majors away from the great one, Jack Nicholas, um, for majors. The scene on 18 when he's walking up to um, the green with Rory McIlroy, something out of Happy Gilmore, to be honest with you. I mean, this man is the needle. There's no one else in sports like it. Um, just the crowd of so many people, thousands and thousands of people just walking up to um, the green with him was something special. So um, as a Tiger Woods fan, growing up watching him, even as a casual golf fan, um, it was fun to see. So uh, look forward to um, the Ryder Cup this upcoming weekend that's going to be taking place in Paris, France. If you're an avid golf fan, even a casual golf fan, um, you're going to want to tune in to that. We'll have to see when the times are since it's in France. might be tough to – might have to wake up a little early, but uh, nothing nothing we can't handle. Nothing we can't handle. So um, Ryder Cup, USA's big favorites. Uh, they got a stacked team, especially with Tiger now. Uh, playing well, but you the uh, European team uh, cannot be slept on either. They got Justin Rose, obviously, who ended up winning that um, FedEx Cup, as well as John Rahm, uh, Henrik Stenson. So we shall see. Patrick, what's the status? Status is he's going to call back. We got a workaround here to get the phone lines working, having some technical difficulties, but we should be good to go now. Hopefully Mr. McDonough is... Gonna be all right with our struggles here early. Hey, he's man. a veteran, but he's also he been around the block. He gets it. He knows. You guys start on radio too. He knows where we're coming from. He's he's been around the block. He's been around the block saying. a time or two. He knows yeah. what he's doing. I mean, he's a vet. You know what I'm saying? He's he's been doing it. He's been in the business for what twenty some years. So oh, at least he's been. Yeah, probably closing in on thirty soon. I think wow. He started in the nineties. Well, we were born in the nineties. We're getting old. Yeah, we, we are getting old. What's your What's your right. take on Tiger Woods? Absolutely thrilling. You liked it. I mean, they said it play by play. Guys yeah, said it over, um, over the call when Tiger was walking up to the 18th green. It happens in the open where the fans kind of storm the course, storm the the fairway on the walk up, and they, they'd never seen it happen on a PGA uh, course before. It was pretty but sweet. I had goosebumps watching it. Oh really? It would have been even cooler if he could have won the FedEx. He needed so many things to go right. And he just missed one. Just yeah, missed Justin, one. Justin Rose. Rose's uh, his shot bounces in the trap on his uh, on his approach to the green. I think Tiger would have had it. He would have had to chip out of the trap on a deep trap too. Would have had to put one on the green, and then dra- would have had to drain the putt. Um, hopefully for the birdie. Well, yeah, he would have had to hit the birdie. So I don't know, man. That still, was, would have, still would have had to two putt. It was it was it was fun to watch Tiger Tiger fighting back some tears. Um, yeah, I mean, his 80th victory first since 2013, and now we look forward to 2019, where Tiger has yet another four chances, barring any health setbacks, another four chances to win his coveted 15th major title. Patrick, will he win his 15th major title next season? Will. 
And they've been a long time. I think they said it was 600 and some, was it? Or no? That was the Browns, 635. It's, been, it's, it's been, been since 2013 yeah. for Tiger. It's been a while for Tiger, but there's a better Tiger is playing well. You can see that by how many people were tuning in, watching it. Just the excitement of the fans there live. It was it was thrilling, honestly. I can't even put it. I'm just thinking about it. Are you Tiger? getting goosebumps? Yeah, you are. I, I can see them. That's kind of nice. I am. It Tiger. is nice. Um, and like I said, you got you got USA in the Ryder Cup this week. I do. You think they're up? I do. Wait, you guys on the Europe team? On Team Europe? I'm putting you on the You're spot. You're throwing me on the spot. I'm, I'm sitting here spot. trying to figure out how to work the phone lines, and this guy's just asking me right now. I love putting you on the spot. Just, just you could name one guy. On Team Oh, uh, Rory McIlroy's got to be on there the squad. Go. Yeah. You could name another. He won the FedEx Cup. Justin Rose. Yeah, he's a, he's a hero. I'm trying to think of who else has been on that squad. I don't know. It's tough sledding. You're not a golf guy. I love the game. Not a good. That's that's for sure. Uh, I can vouch for that. <laughs> yes, yes, you. I can just. And not to be named, wager today for us earlier this year. So while we're waiting for Mr. McDonough to connect and everything, why don't we get into a little NFL talk, Patrick? Might as well. Uh, it was third football, September twentieth week. Counts have fine one a game six hundred thirty cent. Unbelievable. It's a real deal. You think? I. I'm a big Baker fan. I Huge am. Baker fan. I think he's an absolute gamer. I think I think this is the kind of stuff he, he thrives in. The spotlight's on him. The pressure's on him to succeed, to do well. He came in, brought them all the way back, catches the two-point conversion to boot That's on a trick play. Nice. The, the, the Cleveland special, not the Philly special. Yeah. The Cleveland special. Place was going wild. Everybody was getting psyched. Bud Light was going to open up the coolers, get the people going, get some free beers out there. Baker Mayfield brought it home. Yeah, I mean, what do you think? Tyrod, Tyrod Taylor was as bad as you could get for a quarterback, and then once Mr. Mayfield came in, it was lights out. Uh, defense played well. The Browns D do not sleep. On Browns, the Browns D is low key nice. Do not sleep on the Browns. They improved their record to one, one, and one. That lone tie came in Week One to the Pittsburgh Steelers. Jets are one and two as they fall twenty-one seventeen to the Browns. On to Sunday. It was a wacky, wacky um, week in the NFL. A lot of injuries. We'll get to all those with the with uh, with the games. But the first game, and probably the most entertaining game, was the Saints defeating the Falcons on the road, 43-37 in overtime. Drew Brees hit the circle button. The man or B, Hard if you play or, Xbox. Or oh, the skill stick, hit the little spin on the he, right joystick, quick spin. This man... Turn back the clock. I don't even know if he had this back in his clock, but he spin moves into the end zone to tie the game to go to overtime. Your thoughts? Drew Brees, absolute legend, I think. Set the record for all-time completions True. in the history of the NFL. Get him to Canton we right have now. have Mr. McDonough calling in right now, though, so we will be right back. Hello? Did you answer it? Mr. McDonough. Ooh. Mr. McDonough. Yes, sir. There oh, we go. Let's go. Okay. Apologies for the, the technical difficulties. There's been some issues, I guess, here at the, the station with, with the phone lines, but we were able to find a workaround here, so we really appreciate you uh, waiting patiently for us to kind of figure it out and for, uh, for <laughs> no coming problem. in the air with us. Happy to do it. Glad you figured it out. Absolutely. Again, Mr. McDonough, I'm Patty, here with my co-host, Dan. Nice um, to meet you. Yeah, nice to meet you. Again, we, we really appreciate you uh, taking the time. Obviously, you're a very busy man. Uh, lots going on, obviously. College football in full swing, as we, uh, we kind of talked about a little bit before we got here on the phone. But, um, yeah, again, thank you very much for, for coming on the air with us today. We really appreciate it. My pleasure, guys. Happy to do it. First question I have to ask you, um, you've broadcasted so many sports. You've done... NFL, college basketball, uh, Olympics, everything. What's been your favorite sport to broadcast? Wow, you know, it's a tough question to answer because I, I tend to answer based on whatever the season is. You've asked me now, during the football season, I'd probably say college football. If you ask me during one of the major championship golf tournaments, the Masters or the British Open, I probably would say golf. You know, I, I think the thing that I like the the most about my situation at ESPN, ABC, and before that at CBS was 
know, I love sports mm-hmm. in general and just kind of consider myself an all-around sports fan. So the opportunity to do it all is really what I enjoy the most at ESPN. But if, if I had to pick one, I'd say football. Right on. Um, obviously, being a fan sitting at home, we have the privilege of sitting back on the couch, watching the sports, watching yourself and others call the sports for us, but we don't really understand how much work goes into a typical broadcast. So how would you maybe just explain to to the listeners about how much work actually goes into a broadcast and maybe how it varies based on all the many sports you call? Yeah, it really does vary sport to sport. I think football is the most difficult to prepare for. There's just the most people, you know, we're talking uh, in the average uh, college football game that we do. There might be 80-odd players, maybe more, dressing for the home team for Mm -hmm. sure. And close to that number for the visiting team, I think. I have Clemson and Syracuse this week. And oh, right before we called to speak with you guys, I was sitting here at my desk at home watching the tape of the Syracuse. You know, we, uh, full week long, you, know, you try to watch the previous games that these teams played. You uh, read articles online and that the schools send you and go through the media guides. And you try to get to practice when you get on to the home team site on Thursday and Friday. You know, on Friday, we'll meet with both teams in person. We'll go to Clemson and go to their football facility and talk coach and offensive and defensive coordinator, and then they'll bring us in the meeting room and go to this hotel when they get in on a Friday night and do the same thing with them. So, you know, I really kind of uh, equated to studying for a test every week. You, know, yeah. uh, you get a new, new teams every week, and you basically have all week to get ready to just get those two teams. You know, and not just their team, but the history of the rivalry mm-hmm. and, you know, the traditions and anything else that they be and you know, you're trying to learn as many of the old backstories as game as one side. And you know, we've been very unlucky this year. Todd Black, like the Holly Rowe and I, and we've had four games. Uh, none of them have been class. Three of them, I think the combined final score was 33. So uh, the preparation is really important to talk about things sometimes other than the game. Um, again, obviously, a little more entertaining for football, studying for sport, learning the players' names, everything, all the inside stories, studying for a test. Um, <laughs> In, in yeah, some are interesting or entertaining. You know, a little more entertaining. Also, you know, necessary uh, work. But as I said, I think football's on. You know, Bath might be eight guys on. You need to be more instead of uh, 65 times in football. Obviously, with Colin and Fulls, that your fork, fork, are you doing broadcasts as well? Yeah, all right. All college ball, and it'll probably be that way until college basketball starts. And they, they overlap for a little bit in you know November and December. So. I'll be doing both, and then uh, you know, football will end as soon as we get done with the national championship game, and then my full focus will be on college basketball until we get to uh, the Masters in April. Two-part question here. First of all, obviously a son of former Boston Globe sports writer Will McDonough, uh, went to Syracuse University. Um, what kind of um, influence did your father have on you, and then when did you know you wanted to make this a career? And the answer to the first part would be, you know, my dad was a tremendous influence. You know, it was really following him around as a little kid, watching him do his job and seeing how much he enjoyed it. That I knew I wanted to do something in sports. You know, for a long time I wanted to play something, and then I realized I wasn't going to be good enough. So, yeah, it was probably when uh, I wasn't—I wasn't very old. I was probably seven or eight years old when I knew I wanted to be a sports broadcaster. You know, I used to sit in the Red Sox radio booth down in spring training in Florida when I was a little kid. My dad covered the Red Sox, so. We'd go to Florida for a month and uh, spring training, get homeschooled at, at the hotel where we stayed, and then uh, go to the the ballpark in the afternoon. And oh, you know, nice. my dad would he couldn't bring me into the writers press box, so the radio announcers were nice enough to let me sit in the back of their booth. So mm-hmm. I think just sitting there watching them uh, do it kind of fascinated me. Wound up a little tape recorder not long after that. <laughs> nice. It would sit in front of the TV and call games off the TV, just about any sport. Those were the, the days of the good old uh, big bad Boston Bruins with Bob Gore. Yeah. And those guys, you guys, uh, I'm sure know the names. But oh, absolutely. Right, too young to, I know you're too young to remember where they play. <laughs> where they play. But a little the, bit. Uh, you know, used to love to call the Bruins games on my little tape recorder when I was probably eight or nine years old. So yeah. I, I knew at a very young age that this is what I wanted to do. And, you know, my dad was a great influence, not only professionally, he was a great example. Yeah. But, uh, but, you know, in life, he was a great man. He treated everybody well. Um, you know, he was much loved here in Boston because of his involvement in the community and how much he did for other people. So, you know, that was always the thing I was most proud about uh, being his son is uh, what a good man he was and that uh, he is still remembered that way uh, even after he's been gone now for almost 15 years. Now, 
most people probably don't know it, but again, your dad, the experience as a sports writer, sports family all around, your brother, uh, Ryan, is the youngest GM in the NBA uh, for the Phoenix Suns. Um, how much overlap do you guys have? Do you get to see him at all during the year? Obviously, he's busy once the season starts and you're busy calling games. Are there ever, is there ever any overlap between your two schedules? Yeah, there is. You know, um, we decided a few years ago uh, to spend the winters in Arizona. You know, not only did Ryan get hired by the Suns, I want to say it was a little over four years ago now, but uh, our other brother, Terry, is the vice president of player personnel for the Arizona Cardinals. And, you know, none of us had any connection to Arizona. The two of them got hired for their current jobs about a week apart, you know, kind of unaware at the time that each was interviewing for the position that he ultimately wound up getting. So, uh, you know, Arizona became home for them, and I'd go visit them, and I thought, you know, I don't need to spend the winters in Boston anymore. You can do this job from anywhere. So uh, this will be our fourth winter in Arizona. So I see Ryan a lot. I try to go to a lot of the Sun games. and uh, you know, really excited about the coming season. You know, they've had to take some lumps to rebuild in the NBA. You really kind of have to go all the way down to come back up, and that's what uh, Ryan's done. But, you know, they have a very talented young nucleus now, and I think it's the point where, uh, you know, they're trying to go forward now rather than think, hey, maybe, you know, we should just, uh, uh, you know, try to get as many good draft picks as we can. You know, they're they're mm-hmm. all about trying to win. So it's uh, it'll be fun to uh, go to the games, but, I, I spent a lot of time with Ryan and uh, his wife Valerie going to a lot of the Suns games in the winter when we're out in Phoenix. You've worked alongside of some uh, great color commentators as well. Bill Raftery comes to mind for me. I love watching you guys on uh, college basketball on CBS as well as John Gruden, obviously on Monday Night Football. How important is it for you guys to have a good rapport with each other and the chemistry? Um, and also, do you still talk to uh, John now that he's coaching? I do. Uh, the chemistry is really important. Uh, you know, it's one of the things I'm really enjoying about working with Todd Blackledge this mm-hmm. year and Holly Rowe. You know, I worked with Holly a few years ago, but I had worked with Todd in about 20 years when we were both CBS in the late 90s. So, you know, it's been really fun to be back with him. Uh, you know, Bill Rafter and Jay Billis are two of my closest friends. My friends, I'm going to uh, make a little stop uh, on the way down to Clemson this weekend to play golf with Jay. Uh, after he's, uh, as you would think, one of the funniest, nicest human yeah. beings to be around on and off the air. And, uh, I do keep in touch with Gruden more by text. You know, it's uh, you guys are so bad. Mm-hmm. I feel bad Absolutely. if you're calling with a phone call, but we text back and forth from time to time. And you know, I, I know he'll get that turned around. Don't worry about losing your first three games. I'm sure that he'll do a good job. Um, now you mentioned you are Syracuse Clemson game this week. For those that don't know, you are Syracuse alum. Ooh. How do games like those where you have uh, a personal connection, maybe to case the university, how do those play into your calls? Are you a little biased, low key rooting for Syracuse to win, upset? Does that ever factor into your calls? You know, it is difficult. I love Syracuse. I have since I was very actively involved on the campus just with the athletic programs. But uh, when I invite the school and the chapel, the center of campus, really. Absolutely. Uh, you know, uh, but you know, as I said, you, you got to focus on the job, and you also have to be fair to uh, the, you know, in this case, Clemson fans who don't want to watch the game and have it sound like one of the announcers is cheering against their team. If you're just joining us, we are joined by Sean McDonough, uh, current sports tester with ESPN. Uh, Mr. McDonough, obviously, you mentioned you've done golf before, and one of the biggest sports stories of the year, I, in my opinion, was Tiger Woods this weekend. Um, what do you think of his comeback? And um, do you have a Ryder Cup pick? 
this weekend as well. Well, you know, I, I love the American team. You know, I think uh, I think we have the better team, and I think we have more guys playing well than the European team does. I was a little surprised by some of the captains' picks by the mm-hmm. European team. You know, I think they went with guys who've done well in the past, but haven't particularly played well lately. And yeah. you know, obviously, Tiger playing as well as he is right now will really help the American chances. I agree with you. I think it's one of the biggest sports stories this year, and I think we saw. You know, both in the ratings of the, of the telecast this weekend on NBC, and also just the incredible crowd and yeah, like in the way, unbelievable. You know, they almost swarmed him when he was walking up to the last hole, and the you know sea of humanity behind him as he walked up to the green. You know, that was really cool, and I think it's indicative of his you know uh, lasting power in terms of drawing fan interest and certainly moving the ratings meter on TV. And uh, mm-hmm. I'm surprised. You know, I just thought when he tried to come back several times that it wasn't happening. And, you know, to me it just seemed like his body perhaps had broken down so much that he just wasn't going to be able to do it. He admitted yeah. that he thought that on several occasions. So uh, to be uh, to have gone through what he's gone through and to come back and play as he is right now really is remarkable. And he deserves a ton of credit for it. And it's obviously tremendous for the sport of golf. Um, kind of shifting gears here a bit, but you've called some unbelievable games over the course of your career, your long, long career, again, across all sports, some some wild baseball games, you know, the, the six-overtime basketball game between UConn and your Syracuse Orangemen, um, the Michigan-Michigan State, oh, that was my inf- favorite infamous call, fumbled punt, unbelievable call, still unbelievable. Just I don't even know how else I would describe it. It was wild, but... Um, has there been a favorite game across your career um, to call from the booth? Well, you know, you touched on some of them. You know, the state game was it was a terrific game, but it, it was really made special just by the ending. Yeah, uh, that six overtime game was kind of a classic from start to finish. Um, you know, in 1992, I did the National League Championship Series and the World Series for CBS with Tim mm-hmm. McCarver and. Game seven of the National League Championship Series uh, was a classic from start to finish between the Atlanta Braves and the Pittsburgh Pirates. The Braves were the big favorites to win the series. They went to a game seven in Atlanta, and uh, they were down two to nothing going to the bottom of the ninth. And they rallied to win. You know, Sid Bream scored the winning run on a close play at the plate. So that was another one of my famous kind of voice cracks. So um, <laughs> no, you've had so many good, unbelievable. How you look at it, but uh, you know that was a memorable game. Um, so there have been others, but uh, you know, the next year during the World Series, Joe Carter hit the yeah. home runs of the Toronto Blue Jays to Blue Jays. Uh, win the World Series, which was just the second time that the World Series had ever ended on a home run. That was pretty awesome, too. So I've been very fortunate to be in the right place at the right time a number of times. And I guess, as you guys say, you know, I have been around a long time. I don't feel like I'm old, but I, I certainly have been around for a long time. And uh, I guess if you're around long enough, you know, the odds are in your few times you're going to wind up at a pretty cool spot. That's something that's true. Mm-hmm. Piggybacking off um, what Patty asked, um, obviously with all those plays, it's pretty um, shocking or fun. Um, do you ever, like, when, when you take off your headset at the end of the broadcast, you think to yourself, oh, this is, this is a huge moment, or wow, that was, oh, that's yeah. going to be a big yeah, call? from me we've done both um streams of media whether it be tv or radio what's been favorite um a favorite of those two maybe if they're challenges or fits or pros and cons to either one yeah i enjoy uh, you know i do much more talent at this stage of my life than radio i, know I mm-hmm. started out on radio like most people do yep. i think who like play people you know my first opportunity was minor league baseball doing the radio back in Syracuse mm-hmm. early 80s long before you guys were born but uh <laughs>
Yeah. So I, I, I loved I do get to do the college football national championship game every year for ESPN Radio, and it's really, really fun because it, it really does kind of feel like real broadcasting in yeah. some ways. And, you know, in some ways it's harder because you have to do all that. In some ways it's easier because you know, you're really in charge of the whole thing. You can describe whatever you want to describe in whatever order you want to describe it, and you're not you know, beholden to replays or graphics or yeah. producers or directors talking in your ear about <laughs> this, that, or the other thing. So, um, you know, TV, I, I love TV. I love the time that it allows for storytelling, you know, in between the plays to kind of humanize the participants. You know, in some ways you're putting captions on uh, pictures, but it's, you know, it's difficult too, as I said, because you don't have control. You know, there mm. are times you want to head in one direction and the, the truck is taking in another direction, usually for a very good reason. And, uh, so you're just kind of reacting to things rather than dictating the flow of it the way you do on the radio. But I enjoy them both, and uh, I feel fortunate to have had the chance to do both. Last question for you here now, Mr. McDonough, before we uh, we will let you go. Um, obviously, Dan and I, big sports guys, big sports fans, that's why we have this, this talk show, uh, just being able to come on the radio and talk sports for an hour once a week. But... Um, both have interest in maybe future in sports. Do you have any advice for aspiring sports journalists, sports announcers? Well, I think doing what you're doing is really the most important thing you can do. You know, I say all the time when I meet young people who want to do this or speak at you know broadcasting classes at campuses around the country. You know, the most important thing is just uh, experience, is hands-on experience, getting on the air like you guys are today, and you know, developing a comfort level and developing your own style and you know, not that it's unimportant about how you do in the classroom because it is important, but you know, anybody who's going to interview you for a job or hire you for a job in this is just going to want to know how you're going to do mm-hmm. when you're on the air, you know, when the microphone's on and you're doing a talk show or a sports update or calling a game. So get as much experience as you can, whether it's, you know, on the air or even, you know, behind the scenes helping out. You never know who you're going to meet when you yeah. do that sort of thing. And uh, But I think the most important thing is just getting on as often as you can and developing your own style. Well, that's all we have here for you. Uh, again, we really appreciate you taking the time. Obviously, busy. Oh, I have man. one more. Oh, if you had to, if you had to pick now, we're big prediction guys. I apologize. <laughs> big prediction guys. If you had to pick, who do you like um, in the NFL to go to the Super Bowl and maybe a winner? Wow. Well, <laughs> big prediction. Week three. Well, here in New England, where I live, it's almost blasphemy to not pick. They yeah. <laughs> don't Fair. look very good right now. Uh, and I'm not sure, you know, I, I, every year I say, you know, until they lose, I'm going to keep picking them. And most of the time when you say that, you look really smart. Doing but, uh, uh, you know, and I'm a little nervous about Kansas City because, you know, yeah. they ran off to a great start last year. And then, yep. you know, we know what happened. They didn't make it to the Super Bowl. So uh, I'm thinking out loud here. But I'm going to go with Kansas City. I'm, Ooh, I think their offense go. is good enough to cover up uh, some of the deficiencies of defense. Although, I, again, I, I'm probably stupid to pick against the Patriots. <laughs> really dead and buried. And, um, you know, I picked the Minnesota Vikings before, which no. is probably, again, blasphemy to, to a Wisconsin audience mm-hmm. before uh, the year started. But, you know, it looks like they have some some issues, too. So yeah. uh, I'll vector to the Los Angeles Rams. Ooh, there we go. I like that. Dan's a Minnesota guy, so he yeah, loves, love he loves hearing, hearing that. Love it. Well, you know, I'm a little biased. You know, we talked earlier about personal bias with all <laughs> human beings. And, uh, you know, I have great re- respect for the Packers and really like Aaron Rodgers and a lot mm-hmm. of people in their organization. Spent a lot of time with him the last couple of summers at the Andy Norris Golf event right out Ooh, there on. in Madison. You, know, you guys are really lucky. You know, it's a great university. It's mm-hmm. a great sports town, a great sports state. And, you know, they have a football team like you have and a basketball program and the hockey traditions there for both the men and the women. And, you know, I would think it's a really cool place to go to school if you're a, a sports fan and uh i think of the world of paul chris i think he's one of the nicest guys in coaching and it's proving that he's an excellent coach too mm-hmm. and coach guard's awesome and uh yeah i just uh i think the future is very bright for sport. you know the brewers are having a great year yeah they are data was pretty awesome time. again we we really appreciate you taking the time to come on it means a lot to them and uh mm-hmm. have someone like yourself with your experience uh again thanks for taking the time to come on and talk with us my daddy Dan much good job guys and good luck with your show and wherever it takes you I'll be cheering for you from afar absolutely we will be watching Clemson Syracuse absolutely. this weekend so thank you very much if I look at the ratings and they're a little low in your part of the country <laughs> that's awesome
Make sure, uh, make sure you drive a lot of people to the TV. Yeah, we will. 11 o'clock your time. We got, we got it. it. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Have a blessed evening. Thank you. Take care. Bye-bye. Dan? That was current ESPN broadcaster Shauna. Just tuning in late. Uh, if you missed anything, we had a great interview with him. Gave a lot of insight to uh, what goes into the broadcast, his uh, favorite sports, everything of that. So, what were your great, thoughts on that? Great interview. He just said, he's been around yeah. for everything games. So many sporting family. He's been like he's got a lot. Yeah, the experience. I mean, doing all the sports he's done, even the Olympics, baseball, f- uh, football, obviously basketball. So. Pretty guy, human being, and don't look bad. If you're listening to an EC prof this week, you have no use not to watch BC at time. Your cues could be on the call. Why don't we take a break yeah, here? Quick break. We'll be right back. For another way to support WSUM while also looking fresh, you've come to the right place. You can rep your favorite college radio station by purchasing official WSUM merch. Visit our website at wsum.org and click on the shop button where you can browse through T-shirts, hoodies, tank tops, and much more. Whatever the weather, WSUM has you covered. Back here at WSUM 91.7 FM and here in Madison, beyond the Badgers. Just miss it again. We had ESPN, college football, college basketball. The man that does it all, Sean McDonough, play-by-play commentator, uh, on for a great interview. Dan? Patty, we have some exciting news we forgot to drop early in the program. Are you ready for this? Hit me with it. The boys here at Beyond the Badgers have now gone mobile. We are now on Apple Podcasts. If you want to tune in, if you're just tuning in, you drive at 445, you just get us for 15 minutes, you can listen to our full hour program on Apple iTunes. All you got to search is Beyond the Badgers. You can find every episode uh, this year on there. The Sean McDonough interview, our last two shows. This one will definitely be on there tomorrow. Absolutely. Um, so definitely you're going to want to check that out and um, keep in touch with the boys. Absolutely. So, uh, huge developments there. But why don't we get back into our NFL talk. It was Sean McDonough's pick in the AFC. The uh, Spoiler alert. The Kansas City Chiefs defeated the 49ers 38-27. It was a tale of two quarterbacks. First, the good Patrick Mahomes. 314 yards and three touchdowns yet again. Dominating. And the bad Jimmy Garoppolo. Torn ACL out for the season. Your thoughts, Patrick? Big blow for the 49ers. I mean, he was a guy. They made the trade for him last year. He came in at the end of the year. Kind of trashed their draft pick a little bit when he came in and started winning a whole bunch of games for him. But Mm. it's uh, it's a big blow. It's a starting QB. Tough. uh, Non-contact hit, too. Just... It's one of those things that happen, unfortunate, but uh, Patrick Mahomes is the real deal. Chiefs just decide every game they're just going to blow teams out in the first half, maybe let them back a little bit in the second, and then just wrap it all up. They play no defense, but the offense is so good that it just covers up the the woes on defense. Eric Berry coming back soon will help, but if you're gambling, take the Chiefs over every, every single season. Uh, Chiefs improved to 3-0. Spoiler alert, they're in the top five for me. Likewise. Uh, moving on, the Dolphins defeated the Raiders, John Gruden's Raiders, 28-20, to as the Dolphins approved a 3-0. and Raiders go down to 0-3. Patrick, are you surprised that the Miami Dolphins are leading the NFC East by two games? Yes. Yes, I am. Because like they don't they traded Jarvis Landry, Juice. which I thought was a very poor decision at the time. Okay. But, I mean, they're 3-0. They're two games up. Patriots sitting at one and two after a dismal game, which we'll get to on Monday oh, night. But Sunday night, uh, Sunday night. Sorry, right. But um, I am surprised they're there. We'll see if they can keep it going. But I have my doubts. I'll stay a little reserved on that because I don't think they're going to be there late in the division there coming we'll the end of the season. But we'll see. Big test coming up next week against the Patriots. Uh, we can definitely skip over this game. Here's Bills my favorite defeated. game to talk about. The Bills defeated the Vikings 27-6. Josh Allen, two scores on the ground. Um, next game we have <laughs> the Colts. Weird. Fell to the Eagles 20-16. to Eagles improved at 2-1. and Return to Carson Wentz. What did you think of his first performance in 2018? Um, I thought it was he did exactly what he needed to do. I mean, they yeah. got the win. It wasn't the prettiest at times. No JJ. The Colts, the Colts are fighters. They battle Frisky. to the they battle to the bitter end every game. Yep. I still don't think they're very talented, but 
Andrew Luck's finding ways to keep them in games, and they're going to be competitive. Yeah. They'll they'll push games to to the very again to the bitter end. But Carson Wentz did what he needed to do. Um, again, it's his first game back in game action in a long time, so he uh, he did what he needed to do. I'm sure he'll he'll feel better going back in uh, next week for week four. But uh, yeah, we shall see. Eagles improved to two and one. Colts go to one and two. The hometown team. Green Bay Packers fall on the road to the Washington Redskins, 31-17. Uh, really a stunner here. Adrian Peterson turned back the clock. Turned to, it back. To uh, rush for 120 yards and two scores. And 19 carries, too. It's nice. But the big story was Clay Matthews triggered. What are your thoughts on the so-called pa- uh, roughing the passer in air quotes? You just took the words right in my mouth. The air quotes on it says it all. I thought it was a very soft call. Soft. I mean, even all the the announcers were talking about it. The commentators were talking about it. Like they called by the rule of the book. Yes, but the game happens so game fast. Getting soft. It, the game is it's a fast sport. It's a contact pretty much. I guess no, aspect it of it. You know, like the guy he makes the tackle. His he gets his head to the side. It hits pad. He rolls off of him as he hits the ground. And get the flight still thrown. Yeah, it's mean. Got guys get literally troubled getting penalties. Um, so for two, you see that. Um, he's not happy. Happy. Um, Packers fall the road. Um, we can, the NFL do something. Is, it is soft. It's pathetic and it's hard to watch. It is. And that's it it, it really say. is. That's all I'm gonna say about that. Panthers and both teams are two and one. Mr. Cam Newton rushes for two, throws for two scores. And what are your thoughts on the Panthers? Because they look good. Cam's an absolute. Freak of nature. He's Absolute a specimen. Beast. Absolute monster. He's the yeah. size of a linebacker quarterback. He's not afraid to lower the shoulder. He's not afraid to throw jukes. He doesn't have any contact. He's an animal. They're, they're going to go as far as Cam takes him. He's Superman. And he does celebrate with the Superman every touchdown. That he does. I like you calling him Superman. <laughs> uh, Christian McCaffrey looked good as well, 184 yards. Um, Bengals weren't terrible. It was a good offensive performance by teams, but Panthers just uh, took the lead in the second quarter. And it's back. Snooze fest of the weekend was definitely the Titans taking down the Jets nine to six, nine to six, man. Bar. That's like a baseball score. It's a, it's a big letdown for Jacksonville too after coming off the big win against New uh, in a rematch of last year's AFC Championship game. It's a big letdown. It could have been three and zero sitting in the uh, full stranglehold on the division too. Instead, they're two and one, another tie with Tennessee at the top, and Mike Vrabel. Back-to-back wins, first-year coach of the Tennessee Titans. You hate to say put some respect on Blake Boyle's <laughs> name last week, and then he puts puts up a clunker uh, in week three. So, um, like you said, both teams tied atop the division at 2-1. and one. Ravens defeat the Broncos 27-14. Joe Flacco looking kind of nice, 277 yards and a touchdown. The defense showed up uh, late with a little interception of Case Keenum. Broncos, tough to go from Denver all the way to the East Coast. Um, Ravens, 2-0. Are the Ravens um, going to put up a fight here in the AFC North? Are they are they for real here? I think they are. This this division is going to be really interesting to watch. Yeah. Because you got the Bengals that have been off to a hot start. Andy Dalton threw a couple uh, untimely interceptions this week. Obviously lost uh, A.J. Green in the second half to yep. what's being called a groin injury. That obviously hurts, but... You got them at two and one. You got the Baltimore Ravens at two and you got the Cleveland Browns being relevant again at one one and one. And you got the Pittsburgh Steelers at one one and one. Every team's five hundred. It's it's gonna be a really interesting division to watch the rest of the year. Dogfight. I like the Ravens in that division. They play hard, they're good at home. And um that AFC North, man, you they got a good rush rushing game, and that's what you need in the AFC North. Giants get their first win of the season as they take down the Houston Texans 27-22. Deshaun Watson, man, he looked pathetic. He stuffed the the stat sheet, but, man, he's not the same as he was last season. He's not looked the same as he did at the start of last season when he took over, which is unfortunate. Young guy, first year last year, tears his ACL, missed the rest of the year, and he hasn't looked the same yet this year. Uh, and you hope you hope they can turn around and get some wins, but um, it's it's looking dire. Yeah, it might be a Houston. long season down there for Bill O'Brien. Three o'clock slate here, Central Time. The battle for LA was uh, won by the Rams, thirty-five twenty-three. Offense looked great. 
Big story here, the Rams lost both Aqib Tlaib and Marcus Peters, their cornerbacks, all pro for at least a couple weeks. Patrick, your thoughts on this game quickly. Rams are still a great team. Still got them in my top five in my power rankings, too. Okay. But that those are both big losses. You can't can't underestimate the loss of your two starting corners, two guys they brought over, um, Tlaib from Denver, uh, Marcus Peters from Kansas City, but they're both ball hawks. They're both really tough cornerbacks to create tough matchups for the opposition, wide receivers. Yep. Big losses. But I mean you still got Todd Gurley. Yeah, have... their their offense is still really nice. They got yeah, a mean they fun. got a mean D line. Mm-hmm. Led by the Damakinsu. Yeah. Yeah, real mean. But uh but nonetheless No panic there. No. Rams improved to three and zero. We'll just glance over um these two games quickly. Bears defeated the Cardinals sixteen fourteen. Um, Bears came back, just a real big snooze fest, uh, if we're being honest. Until the second Trubisky, half before they started to come back. Yeah, Mitch Trubisky, not great. The offense is not great, but the defense of the Browns carrying them to now leading division in the AFC, NFC North. Excuse me. Seahawks got their first win over the Dallas Cowboys, 24-13. Big win at home. Cowboys look bad. They did look bad. bad. Uh, they got to get the ball to Zeke more. 16 carries is not enough for that man. There's just there's no threat in the passing game. No, there it, it isn't. Puts puts Dak in a tough spot. Puts Zeke in a tough spot because they know he's getting the ball. Yep. So Seahawks stack the box and win 24-13 as both teams go to one and two. Quickly before we get to the PSA, Lions was the big story on Sunday Night Football, thrashing the Patriots. Matt Patricia gets his win over his former employer. First win is, is it a time coach? to panic in New England? No, not it's not time. time to panic in New England. They still have Brady, they have Belichick, possibly see Josh Gordon active uh, next week, too, which will give Brady uh, a deep ball passing threat. They get Julian Edelman back, he's going to sit at one more game. Yep, that opens up more lanes for Gronk because there's two more guys that are threats to catch the ball. Yep, opens up the short passing game with uh, Burkhead and uh, Sony Machine. Not time to panic in New England. Time to be frustrated for sure. Yeah, they blew, they blew a Sunday night football game, prime time against the Detroit Lions. Yeah, it was a tough look for Brady and Bell. Obviously, bad. it's in a panic. You cannot count them out ever. Ever. We get five or six looking like this, we got problems. Absolutely. Uh, and then Monday night last night, obviously, the Pittsburgh Steelers defeated the D7. Patrick Fitzmagic going to be playing now that Jameis back in the full. I think they still go. I mean, he's a winning wreck now. I'm Jameis go. Think so. I think they're going to stick with it at least one more win around. He threw tough picks, turned around the second half, drove them all the way back. Um, could have had the addition putt return gets called. Uh, it, honestly, it was an exciting game. Down yeah, the nice. behold, final drive. They had two and the two minutes just make it up. First downs, ugly game over. Why don't we hit the PSA here back with your rankings, picks, and obviously, of course, locks of the week. I'm a champion, PSA. Don't be stupid. Don't drink and drive. If you have a good time, it's fine. But designate a driver to drive home. Let's stop the men drinking. A public service announced by the U.S. Department of Transportation, the National Association of Broadcasters, and the Ad Council. Welcome back to Beyond the Badgers. Just five minutes left to finish off your Tuesday. Quickly, the power rankings. Patrick, I'll go. I have the Jacksonville Jaguars at five. They moved down from one to five. Still my top, <laughs> top. five. I have New Orleans Saints moving up. I like the Saints a lot at four. Philly comes back in at three. Do we have the same? We we might have the same. We'll see what your top two are. I got KC at two. All right. And then Jack, uh, Los Angeles Rams at one. Do we have the same? Nope. Um, we just got one-two flipped. I got the Rams at number two. I think it's a blow. Uh, guys on D. We talked about Peters and Tlee both being gone, and Mahomes is the truth. Got Chiefs in at number one. Kind of nice. Kind of nice. Let's do some picks. Uh, Vikings-Rams. I like the Rams. Taking Minnesota because why not? Bengals at Falcons. It'd be a good game. I think it depends on the health of uh, AJ Green, but I'm going to pick the Falcons. I'll take them as well. Buccaneers at Bears. I like the Bears at home. I like the Bears as well. Spoiler alert: going to be my lock of the week. Lions at Cowboys. This is going to be a close. This game. is going to be a close one. Uh, I'm actually going to take the Lions. Shoot, I'm taking the Lions too. Oh. Uh, Bills at Packers. We like the uh, Packers. We're on the pack. How about uh, Eagles at Titans? Eagles at Titans. I like Philly on the road. I think Carson Wentz again, second game back. I think uh, he'll feel more comfortable in game action. Yeah, I'll take Philly as well. Texas at Colts. Colts. I'm taking the Texans. They're going to get their oh. first win. This this league 
is so dumb because it doesn't make any sense. No sense. Texans are going to win that game. Dolphins at Pats. Pats. New England. Pats are rebounding. Back into Miami's the coming back down to earth. Jacksonville versus Jets. We like We're Jacksonville. On the same page. How about this one? We could this get a little interesting. Up. Browns at I'll Raiders. I'll let you go one. I'm going to take the Oakland Raiders. Man, that's who I wanted to take. I'm going to take the Browns. I'm taking the Browns. I'm going against you. Mostly because I just like to go against you. Like it. Seattle at Cardinals. At Atlanta. Seattle. I'm going to take, uh, not Atlanta Cardinals. Arizona. Arizona. I'm going to take Arizona. Josh Rosen named the starting quarterback for this week too. But uh, Seattle looked a lot better last week. Their old line looked much better. Yeah, they did. At home, but still. They're such a different home team. Giants at, uh, sorry, Saints at Giants. We got the Saints. Yeah, I'll take the Saints as well. 49ers, Chargers. I think we like Chargers, Chargers. with Jimmy G out. Sunday Night Football, Ravens at Steelers. Big game. This is a big game. I'm going to take Pittsburgh at home. I'm going to take Pittsburgh at home as well. Uh, and then Monday Night Football, do we both like Chiefs over the Broncos? We do. All right, so. Denver is undefeated at home, though, but Mahomes is the truth. Yeah, Mahomes is nice. We shall see. Uh, Patrick, before we get out of here, what is your – do you want me to go first? Go, Yeah, go first for these. I'm just pulling up my schedule. i got to f- see what my – My lock are. of the week, you want to go buy yourself something nice. You want to go buy your mom something nice. You want to treat yourself. Bet the house on the Chicago Bears minus three this week. Tampa Bay coming off a tough loss at home. A lot of disarray now that – Mr. Winston's back in the fold. Take the Chicago Bears and don't think twice about it at home. Minus three. It's going to be a lock. You're welcome for that. Before Patrick. My lock, lock of the week, Philly minus four against the Titans. Philly minus four. Philly minus four. Lock of the week. Take it home. Jenny Snooze. Lock. Wow. They're going to be Jenny happy. Jenny Snooze, daddy, lock of the week. They're going to they're gonna be happy. Eagles minus just... four. They're going to be happy. Uh, By the way, to recap the locks of the week last week, we both lost our NFL locks with the Pats and Green Bay, respectively. Both had Wisco. They covered. Patrick had Michigan. They covered. I had Ole Miss. They did not cover. So if you're keeping track at home, 3-3 for the fellas so far in our locks. Patrick? Quickly, we got minute 20. Who do you like, first of all, just say a name, Penn State or Ohio State? In the primetime game to win. Ohio State. I'm going to take Penn State. Uh, do you have any uh, college football locks? It, my, my my deal just logged out. It's tough. It's tough. It I will take them over. My I'll Wi-Fi take, is not looking. I'll take Patty's uh, two locks, yeah, and I will give you it's not even loading. Thursday night, Northwest 8 on the road against Miami, Florida. Disrespect there. Kansas State at home, very tough to play. They're going to cover their plus nine. Louisville plus six and a half. I don't know how in Florida State's ever favored in a football game. And Kentucky, minus one and a half, back in the top 25. Take them, buy something nice, lock them up. Those are the week. And there you have it. There you have it. Squeeze it all in. You want to check us out every show? Beyond the Badgers iTunes. on iTunes. Check it out. That's it for us here, Beyond the Badgers. We'll see you next, see week. You next week.